0: Greetings. It's nice to be with you today. From the Gospel, my kingdom is not of this world. May God's word be preached, may God's word be heard, and may God's word be lived. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Paul wrote in his letter to the Ephesians, Our battle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present age, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What he's saying is that the battle that we engage in is not a battle with our fellow human beings. Our battle isn't with our neighbor or our boss, our friends or family. The battle that we as Christians are engaging in is not a battle with our fe- against our fellow human beings. The battle is against the authorities, the cosmic powers and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, which is, in a very simple way, the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom that is ruled by Satan himself. This is an invisible battle that, that we as Christians are engaging in, but a battle nonetheless. It's a very serious battle. And I think this is what... I think this is what Jesus is getting at What when he tells Pilate that his kingdom is not of this world. We find that in our morning's uh, gospel reading, John 18, where Jesus is standing on trial before Pontius Pilate. Pilate thinks Jesus to be some kind of political revolutionary figure attempting to subvert the Roman authorities and take hold of Judea. This is, this is our man, many people thought. This is the guy. I mean, there's a long history uh, of... Of people trying to take back Judea, take back the 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 promised land that God gave to restore the kingdom of old, the glory of God and the glory of the kingdom. There's a long history of that, uh, in between the old and the New Testament, there's the first and second Maccabees, which speaks about that this history. This uh, this is this is this is not uh, something new. Uh, and and so he's uh, Jesus is handed over, and and he, and Pilate thinks him to be. Some kind of a figure. I mean this is common in that day. Where people would try to uh, be some kind of political revolutionary. But usually it was quashed very quickly. Because of the force of the Roman Empire. But uh, Pilate says are you the king of the Jews? Now if Jesus would have answered in the affirmative yes. He would have surely been correct. It should would have been in his right to do so. It wouldn't have been wrong to say but in a sense, it, it would have been. He never agrees. He never says, yes, that I am king of the Jews. He later on says, I am the king, and for this reason I was I came to the earth. But he never says, I am the king of the Jews, be, because there's so much political baggage uh, attached to that statement that it doesn't accurately define Jesus' mission, identity, and reason for standing trial before Pilate. And Pilate says, well, what, do you, what have you done? In other words, I think, based on Jesus' reply, Pilate really thinks that this man before him was trying to start a political revolution. This is not Jesus' way, though. Because he says, my kingdom is not of this world. And I'm sure uh, right away the question, what? What do you mean? It was right at the front of Pilate's mind. But he doesn't have time to respond. For Jesus answered, if my kingdom was of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Think about how the, the world, uh, quote unquote, the world, that phrase is used throughout John's gospel. What does he mean by my kingdom is not of this world? How, how isn't it? Isn't he bringing the kingdom of God to earth? So what is he talking about? Well, we have to understand how that that the world, quote unquote, is used in go- in John's Gospel. It's almost like uh, John's Gospel is, is kind of a play, uh, this narrative where uh, the king, uh, the darkness is the world is casted as darkness. Everything is in darkness. Uh, the all the characters in John's Gospel are in darkness or. are are controlled by darkness and Jesus is the light and he's the one setting free shining into the darkness I mean we see that uh, quite beautifully in John 3 when uh, one of the religious leaders I mean he's one of the top religious leaders he comes to Jesus in the dark and Jesus says you know throughout the John's gospel I am the light of the world I mean that is significant don't lose uh, don't 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 miss that John, uh, Nicodemus comes in the darkness, and Jesus is trying to shine light, to show him the truth. But uh, we go back to John 1, where he says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Later on in John's gospel, Jesus is shockingly explicit when he defines the world, quote unquote, in speaking with the religious leaders. First he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So see what what Jesus is saying here. By implication, those who do not follow him, do walk in darkness. Are living in the power of darkness. And those who don't, so those who don't follow him, do not have the light of life. So this is what he's saying to religious leaders. And they're getting a little agitated. In the same interaction. He says to them. You. The religious leaders. You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. So it would have been a little odd to hear. Maybe a little startling. But that. uh, But what comes next. Would be incredibly offensive. I think. You are of your father. The devil. You've been begotten. You've been born, essentially, of the devil. He is your father. That is a... uh, a, a, When you talk about father, that's an intimate relationship. And he's saying the devil, the evil one, the enemy, he is your father. And your will is to do your father's desires. I mean, he's talking to people of his own nation who've been the nation that's been chosen by God. And he says you are of your father the devil and your will is to do with your father's desires because they do not acknowledge that Jesus has been set f- uh, pardon me has been sent from God and does the will of God in fact they try to persecute him for thinking this they try to trap him he calls them out they don't acknowledge that he's of God that he's doing God's will so we see in this whole interaction that those who are from below who are of the world Are empowered by the devil and those who are from above who are not of this world are living in the light so that's what we see here don't miss this biblical uh this biblical dichotomy the contrast between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness that to be of the world is to be empowered by the devil to be under the shroud of darkness that is all that's essentially what jesus is saying in that interaction in john 8 but as you, I, I'm sure you're w- well aware, I mean, these this is a common biblical theme, the, words, uh, the, the, the contrast between darkness and light. But these words, they both have uh, a theological slash spiritual meaning in the Bible. Darkness represents Satan's kingdom. It has a grip on the whole world. We've seen that already. Well, Jesus is the light and he has come to the world to bring the kingdom of light to be the light of the world and there's spiritual implications for that that means to be set free he comes to set free those who are under the, the shroud of darkness from the beginning of jesus ministry there was the struggle think about like the, the struggle that is a word of battle of, of warfare there was this constant struggle i mean uh it was it was it was invisible we don't see the things that behind the scenes but we see it coming peeking through we see the spiritual peeking through into the physical when uh particularly when satan is tempting jesus trying to tempt jesus into giving his authority to satan we see that but uh but behind the scenes um we're seeing in the physical um jesus is opening eyes to see the truth he's uh healing people he's exercising demons he's um allowing people he's helping he's healing the deaf (laughs) so that these people will be able to see and understand that God is at work in these people they get it this is this is the one that we've been waiting for and further when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus his disciples picked up their swords to fight thinking this is now the time to take back Israel but Jesus told them put them down and he submitted to the authorities it was in God's divine plan But that's uh, an example for us. Notice through these many examples how the battle was being waged by King Jesus. It wasn't through violence, but through love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the kingdom of God is not concerned with fighting human wars and winning human battles. Not at all. God is working, uh, but when it comes to the church and the way that the kingdom of God is manifested uh, within us I mean that's not the ultimate goal that's not what he's concerned with he is concerned the kingdom of God is concerned with defeating the kingdom of darkness and winning souls that is our mandate but um, the means by which this took place was through Jesus's self-sacrifice the submission of himself to the cross by the cross, Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him, as Saint Paul wrote in Colossians. I mean, don't miss that. That's an awesome verse, speaking about the the defeat um, of the kingdom of darkness. That while it appeared that Jesus was the one being humiliated on the cross, it was really His glory. For it was in the grand spiritual battle, the grand scheme of things, within the invisible spiritual battle that we're seeing here, the kingdom of darkness was actually being humiliated, being put to an open shame. The kingdom of darkness has been defeated and will be finally defeated. Right now, it's already started. God's kingdom is breaking forth into this world to shine light into the darkness. It's already happened and it's going forward. Jesus came to be a blessing to all nations by being the light who shines into the darkness. As our Old Testament reading uh, says in 2 Samuel 23 to dawn on all humans like the morning light, like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass sprout from the earth. These were a few of the, the last words of the mighty king David. Who said this This is what it looks like to be a good ruler, to be a good king, to be a good leader. To be a good ruler, to be a godly ruler. Godly leader is to be like... So to be to be a godly leader, to be a good leader, is to be like a refreshment to the people you're leading. To all people. Warm sun on a cold day. Just enough rain during a drought year to produce an abundant crop. Jesus is good news for the world. He is the healer, the liberator, the savior. And King Jesus is fair, he is just, he is good, and he is loving. King Jesus is the best ruler that can be ever be for this universe. And the life of King Jesus, who is now seated at God's right hand, as is witness in Revelation 1, our our other New Testament passage, this is the pattern for our life. His life is our pattern. Since Christ is king, We too share in his kingly office. Those who belong to King Jesus, who, as the book of Revelation says, have been freed from our sins by his blood, are part of this kingdom. As it says in verse 6, Through Jesus, we, the people of God, we have been restored to God's original intention for humanity, to be his royal representatives, kings and queens here on earth. This was God's original intention. And we've been restored to that when we come to Jesus. But there is a mandate that goes along with this position of royal, uh, being a royal representative. We too share in Jesus' ministry. The ministry that did not stop with his ascension into heaven. But continues on in each of us. So we too are to be, as King David says, about good leaders. We are to be like warm sunshine. Refreshing rain for the earth. We are to be a blessing to all the world. God's kingdom continues on in battle against the kingdom of darkness. We as members and royal representatives of this peculiar kingdom go forth, continuing to shine the light of King Jesus and following his example. You know, many horrible things have been done in the name of the kingdom of God. Uh, we're f- dealing with the fallout of one such event. A, a stain in our uh, history of Canada. Residential schools. We're dealing with the fallout of that. Um, with churches running those residential schools. That was not kingdom of light work. That was... Uh, it's, it's just sad to say uh, that the church was being... Empowered, I believe, uh, by the kingdom of darkness. I mean, those things that were happening. Uh, how can we, how can we say that that was uh, what King Jesus would do? Uh, not at all. He said, "Bring the children to me. Don't let them uh, stumble." And, uh, and and of course, the church hid them away, uh, abused, um, and that was not the way of Jesus. Uh, There's all sorts of examples that we could look at, uh, but that's one, and I I point to that to say that is not our example. (laughs) Our example is the way of Jesus. Look at Jesus' life to know how to live. This horrible time in history totally contradicts God, who He is and what He's about. The kingdom of King Jesus is not of this world. The kingdom of Jesus does not have the same values as the values of the world which is empowered, controlled over all by the kingdom of darkness. Archbishop Mark MacDonald recently wrote in the Anglican Journal, The kingdom or the reign of God is not easy for people to see clearly or even notice, though it is intimate to every moment and movement of life. As it unveils its power in Jesus, it mocks all other forms of power. They are just pretending. They do not know what true power is. They blaspheme the power of love that is the power of God. I think that the Archbishop is getting at the heart of our mission. Our ways are to be God's ways. This is so subversive, subversive, because when King Jesus is our King, everything about our life changes. We have a new worldview, a new way of thinking, a new code of conduct. Through our living, we show where our allegiance is found, and it is our allegiance to King Jesus. As uh, I come to a close, I want to reflect on one of Jesus' royal titles, which is Prince of Peace. I think it's a good thing to think about on this Christ the King Sunday. Prince of Peace. Uh, it just goes along with who he is as king. It's one of his royal titles. He is the peacemaker. He brings peace between God and humans. That That hostility, that enmity, the chaos between God and humans. When people come to Christ, when He brings that 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 union, He brings the peace, and He brings peace between all humans. We see that in the Church. I mean, the Church has the potential to be the manifestation of peace, to be God's uh, desire for peace, because we are the manifestation of the new creation, and uh, that, that uh, and peace is the ultimate goal, isn't it, for all people to live in humanity. And pardon me to for all people live in harmony in God's new creation As Christians our responsibility is to be a blessing to all people And I think that one way that we do that is by being peacemakers ourselves Peace is a fruit of the Spirit Doesn't mean inner peace only But rather striving to to live at peace with all people To see each human being as created by God And therefore having inherent dignity despite our many differences it's a little more complicated than that but just a basic striving for peace with all people trying to remember our battle is not against our, our, our fellow human our, our battle is not of this world it's a battle that goes forth in love struggling to love all people Yes, I believe that each person needs to hear the gospel, but they—but those things aren't separate from each other. We spread the good news by bringing peace and showing exactly who our king is, and we have a very good, good king. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in thy well-beloved Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, mercifully grant that all peoples of the earth, though now divided in bondage and in bondage to sin, may be made free and brought together under his most gracious rule, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, now and forever. Amen.